Hello, everybody, and welcome to the one and only MMA MMA show, Matt's Middle-Aged Mixed Martial Arts Show. This is episode number 10. It is Wednesday, March 27th, and I thank you for joining me. I appreciate the time and uh, your patience as I ramble through all the news in MMA. Uh, If you can't tell, I don't really plan a whole heck of a lot for the show. I kind of just talk off the cuff. So I'm liable to change my mind on things and uh, come to different conclusions because most of the time I'm just looking at the news and riffing off the news. Uh, And a lot of news broke yesterday concerning one Conor McGregor, the biggest star in the history of mixed martial arts. Uh, I mean, he's the second biggest draw in fight in boxing history, bigger than Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, any of those guys. Uh, Just a massive star, massive draw. Millions of people will pay to see his fights. Yesterday, he announced his retirement on Twitter. He wrote, hey guys, quick announcement. I've decided to retire from the sport formerly known as mixed martial art today. I wish all my colleagues well going forward in competition. I now join my former partners on this venture already in retirement. Proper pina coladas on me, fellas. So this tweet kind of came out of the blue. Uh, McGregor had been negotiating for a return fight in July, uh, was the word on the street. There's the potential Cerrone fight. Um, after Anthony Pettis' showing this past weekend, there was talk about him possibly fighting Pettis, um, all these different potential fights, uh, but apparently there, there's disagreement with him and Dana White regarding uh, how he's going to be paid for these shows, uh, his next few fights. He wants an equity stake in the UFC, an ownership share, uh, which Dana White calls ridiculous and something that's not going to happen. Um, at the same time, UFC signed that ESPN Plus deal where all their pay-per-views will be on ESPN Plus. That could affect how well Conor McGregor draws on pay-per-view in a negative way, meaning you got to sign up for the subscription service, $5 a month, to even have access to buy a Conor McGregor pay-per-view fight. Um, to me, it, it felt like a negotiating ploy by Connor to get more money out of the UFC. Connor did retire in 2016 uh, around that Nate Diaz fight at UFC 200. If you remember, he, he put out that tweet that said, thanks for the cheese, and then he was back a few months later. Um, my, Dana White said, essentially, good for good for Connor. Uh, he's made a lot of money. He can retire. Um White told ESPN he has the money to retire and his whiskey is killing it. It totally makes sense. If I was him, I would retire too. White added, he's retiring from fighting, not from working. The whiskey will keep him busy, and I'm sure he has other things he's working on. He has been fun to watch. He has accomplished incredible things in the sport. I am so happy for him, and I look forward to seeing him be as successful outside the octagon as he was in it. So a very measured uh thoughtful response from Dana White, which you don't always get. Um, it's interesting because Connor's, I think, 29, maybe 30 now. Um, should have a couple more years left to fight. 
White's encouraging Daniel Cormier to get back in the cage after he turned 40 when Cormier wanted to retire, yet he's okay with McGregor retiring at 30. Um, I think they're both just kind of playing games here. Um, It's a contract negotiation sort of thing. Dana White's telling Connor that we don't really need you anymore. We have all this ESPN money coming in. We can do this without you. Um, At the same time, Connor's a huge draw, like exponentially a bigger draw than most of their guys. Right now, the only guy, their only real draw right now is John Jones. Their only true legit draw with GSP retiring and Brock Lesnar still doing WWE. Um, there's really no other draws besides Jones. Um, there just isn't. So obviously Dana wants Connor back, but he's playing games too. He wants to get Connor back at the best price he can and Connor wants to come back for the most money he can get. So Connor says he's retiring and White congratulates him. Um so we'll we'll see where it goes. Do I think Connor McGregor will fight again in the UFC? Yes, I do. My my hunch is yes, Connor will be back. There's too much money on the table. Um whether it's a Khabib rematch or Cerrone fight or Nate Diaz number three any of those fights will draw really well. He'll make a lot of money. Uh, the UFC will make a lot of money. ESPN will make money. It makes sense for everyone. Um, the overriding issue, though, is uh, another story that broke about 12 hours later after Connor retired. This was interesting because there have been rumors of this um, in papers dating months back in Ireland about a sports star a famous sports star who's not a soccer player um, was accused of sexual assault. Uh, it came out yesterday in the New York Times that that sports star sportsman was one Conor McGregor. Um, so he apparently has been accused of sexual assault dating back several months, I, I think in November, um, at a hotel. Uh, essentially, the New York Times picked up on the story, got it verified by four sources, and reported that McGregor was accused of sexually assaulting a woman in December in Dublin and was arrested and released after questioning the next month. He has not been formally charged with a crime. The investigation is ongoing. Essentially, Ireland doesn't publish um, people's names if they've been accused of a crime. Until they've been formally charged, they don't. It's like a slander libel sort of thing in Ireland. It's different in uh, America. Um, R. Kelly and people like that find that out pretty quick. If you're accused, it, it gets released by the papers. Uh, in Ireland, they try and protect the person until they're officially charged with a crime or found guilty or whatever. Um, UFC and Connor have not uh, responded to requests for comment. Um the Times reported that the woman alleged an attack happened at a hotel in South Dublin, west of the Crumlin neighborhood where McGregor grew up. Irish media have reported on the case for months, but are barred from law from naming a suspect in a sexual assault case before a conviction. According to the report, Irish police are not saying whether McGregor is the suspect of the investigation at this time. Um, the story has been circulating for some time, and it's unclear why it is being reported now. Uh, said Karen Kessler, a ESPN legal correspondent. Um, let's see. Um, but essentially, that's the story. He, he's 
uh, being investigated. Um, obviously, in most parts of the world, we're a fan of innocent until proven guilty. Um, but it's just another, you know, stain on, on McGregor's career here. The, the last couple of years have not been great for Connor, despite him breaking all these records on pay-per-view and he's making a lot of money. Um, when he was coming up, he was young, he was hungry, he was, um, I don't want to say he was obedient to the UFC, but he did whatever they asked, tons of media. Now that he's got the money and the fame, um, you know, it, it's like he, he's he gone in another direction and not a good one. It, it, it's reminiscent of, of, of John Jones in a lot of ways, um, which is a bummer. Like, to me, being consistent is important, and if you're going to talk bad of John Jones, it's like you kind of got to talk bad of Connor too. It's just all this stuff now. And granted, this allegation or investigation about a sexual assault, he hasn't been found guilty, and he hasn't even been charged with anything yet. But it's just like all the party, and you see these pictures of him um, out and about, and it's just like... He's breaking guys' cell phones, stealing their phones, jumping in the cage at Bellator, throwing dollies through bus windows. And it's all press, and maybe he's playing it up, and at the same time, it's like he was a big star without doing any of that stuff. Like the pressers with Nate Diaz and um, all that stuff. It was like he was a big star before he was ever charged with any crimes, before the bottle-throwing incident in Vegas. It's like he was the biggest draw then. Um and and to me, it's it's a shame that he can't focus a bit more on the fighting, and and you know living up to that potentially where he was seven and zero in the UFC as a featherweight and knocking out every featherweight in the world with it with relative ease without that much trouble. Um, I'd like to see that guy come back, but to me, he might be gone forever because it just feels like he's partying too much and he's out of control just feels like he's out of control and it's hard to come back from that and he's 30 he's not getting younger it's like he should be maturing and doing less of that stuff now and it's like john jones went through the same thing where it's just like you're shit-faced driving around crashing your car into pregnant women it's it's not good and it's a bummer jones managed to keep um his fight game up just because he's such an incredible athlete but Connor's lost, you know, to Khabib now. Obviously, that's a tough fight for anybody, but he didn't look great. He gassed early. He didn't land many shots. He got rocked big time standing, and he just didn't look himself. He didn't look like the guy who fought Jose Aldo. He didn't look like the guy who fought Eddie Alvarez. Um, And I'd like to see that guy back. He's more fun to watch in the cage than the guy who gasses out and gets beat up. Um, So... We'll see. We'll see if he can get that hunger back and what happens with this assault. I mean, if it goes to trial and he's found guilty, he, you know, probably won't be fighting again for a long time. I'm not real familiar with the Irish uh, sexual assault penalties and <laughs> jail time, but it, it can't be good. Um, not sure if the retirement and these accusations coming out in the New York Times at the same time is related. I doubt it. Um, I think it was just coincidence personally, but um, some people have made a claim that he's making this retirement statement 
knowing that this story was going to come out. But uh, who knows? The fact it's in the New York Times is a big deal. I mean, it's the biggest newspaper in the world. Um, and it's all over the place. And it's too bad. <laughs> it's too bad. Um, I hope it's not the case. Uh, moving along, we did have a UFC this past weekend. Um, usually we start with the previous week's shows, but the Connor news was too big to just ignore, uh, or push to later in the show. Uh, this past weekend we had UFC Fight Night Thompson versus Pettis. This was UFC on plus number six, aka UFC Fight Night 148, uh, on March 23rd at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. Tents was 10,863 with a total gate of 939,000. Uh, in the main event, Anthony Pettis upset, I would say, Stephen Thompson by knockout at 455 of the second round. I had Thompson win in the first. He um, landed better shots, had the range. Pettis was landing some good leg kicks, but Pettis was bloodied and looked the worst for wear after the first. Um, kind of the same thing in the second. Thompson was, you know, had his hands down and it was pretty confident. And uh, Pettis looked a little slower than Thompson and looked like Thompson was going to edge the fight out. And then all of a sudden, with like 10 seconds left, Pettis kind of got staggered back against the cage. Thompson moved in. And Pettis, he didn't jump off the cage, but he did this Superman punch with like, I think it was his right foot kind of against the cage. Just launch the Superman punch, more like a hook as opposed to the jab like GSP did, and just clip Thompson right on the chin. Didn't look like a super hard shot, but Thompson went out cold. Pettis landed two big shots on the ground. Thompson's head bounced off the canvas, similar to Darren Till the previous week, and this was over. Spectacular finish, um, you know, knockout of the year sort of thing. Um, very, very impressive. Um, I don't know where Pettis goes from here. He, he, I think he's four and six in his last 10 now. Um, he's small for welterweight. He looked in decent shape at welterweight, but he's a very, very small welterweight. He's even made 145 in his career. So fighting at 170 is going to be tough. Um, I think him versus Masvidal probably makes sense. They're both coming off crazy knockout wins. They're both undersized welterweights. So that, that fight would be entertaining. Um, and could probably headline a fight night card like this at this point. Um, but I don't think 170 is the home for Pettis. I think he's too small. I think, especially if he faces a wrestler at 170, he's going to get taken down and beat up. Um, but a good win for Pettis, definitely an upset. Stephen Thompson, um, you know, is, is in a tough spot here now. I think he's 1-3 in, in his last four or something. He hasn't won... Uh, a lot of fights recently. Yeah, he's, geez, 1-3-1. and one. Um, He's got the Woodley fights. He's got a win over Masvidal and then losses to Till and Pettis. So kind of a rough patch there for him. Uh, in the co-main event, Curtis Blades defeated Justin Willis. Uh, Blades kind of uses wrestling, landed a couple good shots on the feet. Scores were 30-27, 30-26, 30-25. Good win for Blades. Keeps him in, obviously, the top 10 um, actually top five, number four in the UFC heavyweight rankings now. Um, he's 11-2-1 overall. Um, pretty good record on him, man. He doesn't get a lot of a lot of credit for it, but he's got wins over Alexi Olenek, Mark Hunt, Alistair Overeem, and now Justin Willis. So you'd like to see him get a upper top 10 guy next. Um, 
maybe JDS would make sense. JDS coming off a win. Junior Dos Santos. Um, not a lot of name value anywhere else on this card. Uh, flyweight, Hussier Formiga defeated Davidson Figueredo. Um, that was kind of an important fight at flyweight, but it sounds like um, they're going to do Marlon Marais versus Henry Cejudo for the 135-pound belt at Bantamweight with TJ Dillashaw out for, for the year plus for that USADA violation. Um, so the flyweight division continues to be in, in limbo, disarray. Um, Macy Barber defeated J.J. Aldrich, TKO, knee and punches. Um, not a whole heck of a lot to take note of on the, on the undercard. Uh, Ronda Marcos defeated Angela Hill with a nice arm bar. Uh, but most of these fights went to decision. Not a lot of name value, not a show many people will remember, except for that Pettis knockout. Spectacular knockout of the year sort of thing. Um, I would go out of my way to see that if I were you. In some MMA-related news, uh, the WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, formerly known as the WWF, announced that for the first time ever at WrestleMania 35 this year on April 7th, women will main event WrestleMania. Uh, it'll be former UFC champ Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, a three-way championship fight match wrestling match um you know apparently i mean ronda's probably the biggest star in the company her and brock at this point i guess becky lynch is pretty much their top face kind of has a stone cold steve austin gimmick going on uh charlotte flair obviously has been there a long time i think she's like an eight time women's champ rick flair's daughter um so that got some press this past week uh, women main event in WrestleMania. The uh, the three of them were on ESPN um, yesterday, I think, doing an interview promoting the show. So it got some mainstream press. So that's good. The show's going to be April seventh at MetLife Stadium in um, I guess that's East Rutherford, New Jersey, the place the Giants and the Jets play outside. So if you're going to that show, bring a bring a jacket. I went to the one there five years ago, and it. It wasn't that bad. It was in the 40s. It, you know, you wear a warm coat. You're good. It's like going to a football game or something. Um, I actually went to Monday Night Raw this past week on <laughs> on Monday night. Um, long show, man. You, you forget because I, I don't watch wrestling really much ever anymore except for WrestleMania. And you get there at 730. They tape. I don't even know what the show is. Main event or superstars or prime time or Sunday night heat or something. I don't know what they're taping before, but that's half an hour. You get two matches there. Then raw itself is three hours and it gets long. I mean, I, it was interesting just to see a show again, but it's a long show. No pyro by the way, uh, anymore on these shows. They're trying to save money, even though they're more profitable than they've ever been. But I was never a big fan of the pyro, like Kane's fire. It was always so hot and loud. You had to cover your ears wasn't a big fan of the pyro. I actually like it better without it. Um, <laughs> enough about me, though. Um, in other uh, wrestling news, Cain uh, Velasquez is uh, going to make his wrestling debut at Triple Mania this year. 
Shout out to uh, Superfly John, who's in Mexico. He should probably attend this show in Mexico City. It was announced um, that he'd be wrestling for AAA, and Triple Mania is AAA's basically WrestleMania. Um, AAA was founded in 1992. It's one of Mexico's two major pro wrestling groups and ran ultra-successful U.S. events in the early 90s. Um Kane, uh, former UFC champion, heavyweight champion, also a guy who beat the crap out of Brock Lesnar in the UFC, like smoked him. Um, he had that fight with Francis Ngannou about a month ago where he got knocked out and his knee buckled, and he did not look good in that fight. Um, has had a lot of injuries in his career. Uh, probably pro wrestling is not going to help his uh, bad back and bad knees, but he said, I will be an in-ring performer performer for sure. With more time learning this beautiful sport, great things will happen. The show will take place on August 3rd at Arena Ciudad in Mexico City. No specific match was announced for Velasquez, but teases were done for three different stars of the promotion, meaning it could be a singles match with one of them or a multi-person match. Um, Velasquez, a lifelong pro wrestling fan, noted his favorites were El Santo, and his son, El Hijo del Santo. Um, last year, he had a several-day training camp with WWE in Orlando, Florida. Um, at the press conference, Velasquez said that he had two or three more fights left on his UFC deal. Um, depending on the wrestler and the timing, sometimes UFC will let their fighters do pro wrestling. But it's always dangerous because the guy could get hurt doing pro wrestling, like... Granted, wrestling is not real, obviously, but guys get injured all the time doing it. So the risk is, you know, you have a big star, you're going to let them do pro wrestling, and they get injured and they can't fight in the UFC. Um, like the UFC, I, I don't think, would let Tom Lawler do pro wrestling when he was under contract to them, um, except when he was suspended. Um, I think they let Josh Barnett do some pro wrestling, so it really depends on the guy and the situation. It almost seems... Um, like they have no real policy and just decide on a whim. Um, there were teases of uh, Velasquez's pro wrestling debut when Velasquez made a remark about Lucha Libre not being real, which led to two of AAA's best-known stars, La Parca and Psycho Clown, issuing challenges at the time. Uh, most figured at the time that Velasquez didn't realize that what he said was considered an insult to Mexico in Mexico to wrestlers, basically an honest mistake. The belief was the wrestlers were just reacting to media questions as they felt they should, as opposed to it being a tease for an eventual storyline, a major match. So it sounds like this has been something in the works for, you know, at least a couple months. Um, Velasquez did face-offs with, uh, several of the wrestlers and, um, apparently he's going to wrestle in August. Mexico City. Um, I, I, <laughs> Kane is not going to be a full-time wrestler in Mexico. There's no way his body will hold up to it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. If um, if it's just a one-shot deal or it becomes like a, like a real gig for him. I, it's interesting because he would make more money in the States. Obviously, the, the Mexican economy is not as strong as America's. Um, and the conversion rate of the peso to the dollar is not good. So um, they must be shelling up a good chunk of money to get him in there because he could go to a company like 
AEW or WWE and probably make more money. Um, so it's an interesting move on his part, and I'll, I'll be curious to see him throwing around Lucha Libre guys in a few months this summer. Uh, in other wrestling-related news, since we're on the topic, Rob Gronkowski, uh, one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history, retired, former Patriot, uh, posted on Instagram that he was done playing football. Um, he's only 30, but he's had a ton of injuries. I think pretty much every season he's missed games except one or two seasons. Um, blew out his knee, had that big like contraption on his, was it his right arm. Um, just a big ass brace on his arm. Um, a lot of different injuries. He played hard and, um, great receiver, um, hall of famer for sure. Um, but a a short career, I mean, some tight ends like Jason Witten and, um, who's the guy on the um, on the chargers, um, Antonio Gates, they last 15, 16 years in the NFL. Um, but, but Gronk took a beating. He was at a WrestleMania a couple of years ago in one of the Battle Royals. Um, so there was talk he might do some stuff for WWE. Um, I was hoping he was going to be at that Monday Night Raw in Boston that I was at, but that did not pan out. He was not there. There were like news trucks outside the arena, and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe Gronk will be at the show, but uh, he was not. But I wouldn't be surprised if he made an appearance at WrestleMania by any stretch. Um, he's good friends with, um, I can't think of the guy's name. He wrestles in WWE. That's why I should prep these shows better. Mojo Raleigh. Thank you. Mojo Raleigh. Got it. Uh, is friendly with Gronk and has done some stuff with him, like social media posts, that sort of thing. So we'll, we'll see, um, what happens with old Gronk, but, um, definitely a legendary Patriot. Uh, Hall of Fame player, um, wild man, crazy dude. Um, we'll have to see who Tom Brady puts in his videos next year and his memes. But um, definitely a great run. I think three Super Bowl wins for Gronk. Um, definitely one of the most, um, go down as one of the most memorable Patriots players of all time. Um, Kerbal athlete, big dude. Um, I hope um, he has a good post-NFL career. <laughs> a guy who seems like he's retired as well as Nate Diaz. He has not fought since the second Conor McGregor fight, uh, but he has been all over social media this past week. Um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, he said on Instagram, Khabib's scared, hiding scared because I slapped the shit out of him. Connor already got his ass beat twice. Where the fuck you at, Khabib? P.S. Poirier is a pussy. So basically, he went after each top guy in the lightweight division. He's keeping his name out there. Um, again, he's sitting on a lot of money. On Twitter, he put, put up a post that said, Quit hiding with him um, training in uh, headgear and throwing some punches. Um, you know... Until, I mean, he was signed for a fight against Poirier, and Poirier pulled out. Um, so he was planning on fighting again. So it's just so hard to figure out what either Diaz brother is thinking or planning on doing. And until they're in the cage, you, you just don't know. But he's keeping his name out there, which to me means he's still considering fighting again. 
Um, when and if that'll happen, only probably no one knows. I, I doubt Nate even knows what his plan is, but ju just that fact alone, he's calling guys out means there's some interest on his part. How serious will we will see? Uh, streaming service DAZN made some news recently. Um, they charge $9.99 a month for you know some boxing shows. Um, I think they've got Triple G and Canelo under contract, so all their fights are on uh, DAZN. The streaming service and Bellator shows are also on DAZN. Um, it was $9.99 a month, and they have already raised it up to $19.99 a month for new subscribers um, with a $100 annual plan. Um, so if you buy it for a year, you can get it for 100 bucks. Otherwise, it's $19.99 a month. I'm guessing that Canelo fight, uh, where they have to pay him $30 million a fight, uh, caused them to raise their rates a little bit at 10 bucks a pop. Um, it's hard to make much money. The annual cost broken down is just over $8 a month, and it will offer boxing, MMA, all you can eat for about the cost of one pay-per-view on Fox, Showtime, or ESPN, said DAZN's executive vice president, Joe Markowski. So he's saying if you bought the $100 package, it's about 8 bucks a month. Um, but it essentially... It's a weird one because some boxing pay-per-views can do giant business. Um, the Triple G and Canelo fights did over a million buys each. Um, but again, it's like people got to go find DAZN, the app, sign up for it. It's just a, it's a hassle for people who want to last minute buy a fight. It's not as easy as it used to be. And they got to make money because they've shelled out so much money for these top fighters. Um but again, even at nineteen ninety nine, that's way cheaper than a regular pay per view. Some of those Mayweather pay per views were a hundred bucks. Pacquiao was seventy five. His most recent fight. So essentially, the monthly price increase comes less than a month after DAZN added uh, Triple G to its stable of fighters. That includes Canelo, um, uh, Golovkin is expected to debut on DAZN in the first half of June. Uh, following Alvarez's May 4th bout against Daniel Jacobs. Um, so they got to find a way to pay these guys, and you double your price, that'll help. But even so, even at $19.99, how do you pay a guy $30 million for a fight, even if you're getting 20 bucks a show? I mean, you need, what, $1.5 million, million buys. I mean, it's possible Canelo's a big star, but I don't know. And then you only break even. <laughs> You're not actually making any money yet. You're just paying Canelo. You're not paying for the cost of production, um, paying all the people in the office. It's like, it's crazy. It's a crazy amount of money, and I, I don't know how they're going to make it profitable, even raising it to 20 bucks. Um, and they might lose people. The people who have been paying 10 might not be willing to pay 20. It's, it'll be interesting. The streaming stuff is clearly a work in progress. Um it's like we were saying with ESPN Plus, the same idea. How many people are going to subscribe to this and, and pay for it? I mean, if it's a big fight and people really want it, they'll do it. But it's a matter of the right fight at the right time. Um, Bellator had a show this past weekend. No one watched it. No one cared. It was in Thackerville in the main event. Manny Sanchez defeated Georgie Caracanian by unanimous decision. 
So it's back on March 22nd, last Friday. Um, this weekend, there's a Bellator. It's number 219 in Temecula, California at the Pachanga Resort and Casino. In the main event, we have Syed Awad versus Brandon Gertz. Not a lot of name value there. Um, also got Daniel Strauss on the card, Andre Koreshkov, top welterweight in Bellator, fighting Michael Jasper. And opening the show is Joe Schilling versus Keith Berry. Joe Schilling's fights are always exciting. He's a um, former kickboxer, has trained with uh, the Diaz brothers off and on for years. Um, is more known as a kickboxer than an MMA guy. In MMA, he's down to three and five now. His last win came against Will Morris. Um, he's kind of got a colorful personality, and um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Donald Cerrone in his attitude and his look. Um, on the prelims, not much. I see David Rickles. Most of the rest of these names I don't recognize. And that was your Bellator 219 preview. Moving along, UFC on ESPN this weekend on big ESPN, not ESPN Plus. If you get ESPN, you can watch the show. The entire card is on March 30th at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. In the main event, we've got Edson Barboza versus Justin Gaethje. Awesome, awesome lightweight fight. Um, two super exciting guys. Barboza's got some of the best striking in the world. Crazy leg kicks. Um, and really, truly an underrated fighter, um, at lightweight, he's 20 and six overall, just destroyed Dan Hooker by TKO back in December. Um, typically he loses to the best guys. I'll be honest. He lost to Kevin Lee. He lost to Khabib. He lost to Tony Ferguson. He lost to Cowboy Cerrone, but I mean, he's been in the UFC since 2010, um, and has gone, you know, 14-6 and six against the very best guys in the world. He's got wins over Pinal Dariush, Gilbert Melendez, Anthony Pettis, Paul Felder, Bobby Green. He's fought the very best in the world for years and has done really well for himself. Granted, he gets... When he fights a top-five guy, usually he doesn't get the job done. But he, he's ultra-competitive, super-striking, uh, very dangerous guy. Um, and he's fighting a guy in Justin Gaethje who is known for taking a beating in every one of his fights. Gaethje is a madman. Um, he's coming off a, a knockout win over James Vick. He's 19-2 and two overall. His only losses are to Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier where he took incredible beatings. Um, he's had four fights in the UFC and all of them have been fight of the night. Um... Just a, just an animal. Um, <laughs> like, if, if this fight isn't good, um, I will be amazed. Like, before it even happens, it's like a fight of the year contender unless somebody gets knocked out super early, uh, which is possible. These guys typically either finish the fight or get finished themselves. So um, definitely a fight you should go out of your way to see. Um, hopefully I'm not putting my foot in my mouth here and it ends up being dull or somebody misses weight and the fight doesn't even happen. But this fight is worth uh, worth the price of admission alone. Uh, Co-main, we've got David Branch, David Branch versus Jack Hermanson at middleweight. David Branch is a former WSOF champ, held light heavyweight and their 
middleweight titles at the same time. He's coming off a loss to Jared Cannonier. Um, but he's a guy who's 22 and 5 as well, underrated, a little older, but um, an experienced, talented guy himself. Fighting a lesser known guy in Jack Hermanson. He is a Swedish guy nicknamed the Joker. Um, 6'1", 185 pounds, so he's tall for, for the weight class. Um, he's coming off two wins, Talis Leites and Gerald Merchart. Um, he's 18-4 and four overall. Uh, not a lot of big names on his resume. you, you got to think David Branch has the experience edge here. But um should be an interesting fight because a, a lot of those fighters from Europe fought on the European cards, on the undercards. You don't know them that well, but some of them end up surprising you. So um, that is your co-main. We've also got Josh Emmett versus Michael Johnson. Good featherweight fight. Uh, Carolina Kowalkiewicz versus Michelle Watterson at strawweight. Um, I mean, both of them are probably a fighter, maybe only a fight away from a title shot at women's strawweight. Um, Watterson's a... a Decent sized star in that division, and Kolokavich is a former number one contender. Um, so that 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 that'll be a good one. Uh, Paul Craig versus Kennedy Neshku. No idea who that is. Shaman Marais versus Sodik Yusuf. Um, on the prelims, we've got Jessica Aguilar, Ross Pearson, um, Ray Borg is fighting on the early prelims on ESPN Plus. Um, that's about it. Mark De La Rosa also. So um, that main event's worth watching. And there's some interesting fights on the prelims. The Josh Emmett-Michael Johnson fight's kind of fun, and the Cole Kavich-Waterson fight's interesting. So um, definitely a card worth watching. It's free on regular ESPN. Uh, again, that is Saturday night, uh, the 30th. Um, guessing the main card starts at eight i don't have that right in front of me because again i don't prepare for these shows <coughs> excuse me um let's see how much time do we have left here oh we got plenty of time we can do uh some weird news stories um let's see what i got i did pull up a couple so i kind of sort of prepare but not really the NCAA men's basketball tournament is ongoing. It's March Madness right now. And the tournament made one guy mad in New Mexico. Uh, a New Mexico man is facing charges after authorities said he got angry while watching an NCAA tournament basketball game and attacked his girlfriend. The Bernalillo County Sheriff's Office said Samuel Goodhope was arrested early Friday following a frantic 911 call from the girlfriend who told deputies she had escaped to Good Hope's home. According to a criminal complaint, the girlfriend tried to leave after the 30-year-old Good Hope became furious over a game, but the girlfriend told deputies he refused to let her go and pushed her several times to the ground. She later called 911 from her mother's home. Deputies say she had a black eye and several scratches on her body. Good Hope's was charged with false imprisonment. It was not known if he had an attorney. Um... Okay, let's say you really cared about a sports team. You really wanted to win. You see those videos of people like breaking their TV and throwing shit when whatever the Patriots lose, or you know, some uh, a kicker misses the field goal at the end of the game. Um, people get mad. I don't. I don't get it. I, I think those people are odd. This guy was so upset. 
he beat the crap out of his girlfriend and trapped her in his house. How does that help anything? Like, I, I don't get the mindset. And not only that, it's over college basketball. Like, even if you bet, like, your life savings on a college basketball game, your life savings is gone. Your team lost the game. You don't know what to do. You're going to lose your house. Your your life is in shambles. You're a gambling degenerate. Why do you beat up your girlfriend? How does that help? That doesn't help you get the money back. It doesn't help your team win. Uh, seems like a silly, silly reason to... Uh, put your hands on another human being, let alone um, trap them in your home. My hunch is there were drugs involved. That's my guess. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Uh, does not seem to be rational thinking. Uh, oh, big social media thing over the last few days. Uh, the Florida Man Challenge. It's not really a challenge per se, Essentially what you do is you go online and you type Florida man and your birthday. Um, you know, you write November whatever, type it in, which I'm doing now. Uh, so my birthday's in November. You type Florida man, your birthday with the date, and um, you get stories essentially about crazy people in Florida even works I tried it with woman Florida woman usually works um, usually the stories aren't pleasant some are funnier than others some are really messed up like mine's not pleasant at all it says Florida man punched and squeezed life out of baby uh, not a pleasant story Florida man pleads guilty in CNM pipe bomb case those are the first two that come up for my birthday um, I would encourage everyone to try this and just for fun, I'm just thinking of it. Let's try July 4th as well. The birth of America. So Florida man, July 4. See what we got. <laughs> Predictably, Florida man blows off part of his hand in July 4th fireworks incident. Not surprising. Florida man. <laughs> Florida man with no arms charged with stabbing man. With superhero costume on. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, kind of a fun game. If you have some downtime, Google your birthday in Florida, man. Florida woman works as well, oftentimes. But yeah, that was the big thing. It was all, all over Twitter and social media the last few days. Um, it's probably some sort of scam to get you to type your birthday into Google and they're going to mail you stuff on your birthday or advertise to you. That's my guess. It's a scam. Everything's a scam nowadays. Um, that's actually kind of negative and not how I think. But uh, I bet there's something more sinister to that. And lastly, I, I bring this story up because my my family and I are going away shortly. We're going to Disney World in a little while uh, for a vacation. But uh, the story caught my eye because I hope this doesn't happen to us. Uh, headline reads, British Airways plan lands in Scotland instead of Germany where it was supposed to. The flight on Monday seemed to go perfectly well until passengers realized that their plane had landed in both the wrong city and the wrong country. British Airways flight from London was supposed to head to Dusseldorf, Germany, but ended up in Edinburgh, Scotland. The airline said Monday the problem started when an incorrect flight plan was filed by WDL Aviation, which operated the flight on behalf of British Airways. 
Officials say the pilot followed the flight plan for Edinburgh and that air traffic control officials also were following the same flight plan and saw nothing amiss. WDL Aviation said it was trying to determine the cause of the unfortunate mix-up. The flight was refueled and set off again, this time directly to Dusseldorf. God, that would suck. Like, here's the thing. Planes are amazing. Like, if I was going to drive to Florida, it would literally take 22 hours of nonstop driving. I can get on a plane and be there in three hours. It's amazing. Like, we take it for granted. People complain about NSA, you know, groping you and looking at your junk through the the x-ray machine or whatever. Or they complain about, you know, delayed flights or having to sit in the runway. And yeah, that, that stuff's inconvenient. But it's still better than driving 22 hours, having to gas up and stay overnight somewhere. Like, you can get to Florida. You can fly the whole East Coast in three hours. That's awesome. Like, people shit on it, but it's freaking amazing. However, I would probably be upset if my family and I got into the plane, headed to Orlando, and we ended up in Vegas. Like, totally wrong direction, wrong place. Or, or, Toronto. Toronto would be more equivalent, I guess. I'm guessing that's a, a similar distance from here. Uh, eh, Toronto's probably closer. But anyway, let's just say you got you flew out Toronto. You're in Canada. You're in the wrong country. You got the kids. They're tired. They're cranky. They want to be in Disney World. Instead, we're all freezing our asses off at an airport in Toronto. Then they refuel the plane. That probably takes a few minutes, and you got to fly all the way to... Orlando from Toronto. That would be aggravating. Um, I'm hoping the people on this flight that was supposed to go to Germany and ended up in Scotland got some sort of passes for another flight or something because that that sounds like a a pain in the butt. But things like that rarely happen, uh, and I'm surprised they don't happen more. That's why this is a news story because this sort of thing never happens. Um, But hopefully our flight goes better than that. On that note, um, I should mention that there's a good chance there won't be a show next week because I, I won't be around on, on the Wednesday to record. Um, but I might try and do something quick. Maybe I'll, I'll sneak out and go record something in the lobby somewhere uh, while everybody's asleep. I have been known to do stranger things. Uh, on that note, I appreciate you tuning in to the MMA MMA show. This was episode number 10. That's Middle Age Mixed Martial Arts Show. You can catch it on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. There's also an Instagram account, MMA MMA Show. There's a Twitter account, MMA MMA Show 1. Uh, I encourage you to check out some of that content. And again, I appreciate your time. And um, I'll, I'll be back sooner rather than later. Thanks again for listening, and I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye-bye.